Are, are you doing okay? Are you coping? Is this on? Because this is the graveyard shift, they call it in the conferences. So uh, I want to bring something that's going to bring you life. And I've been wrestling a bit because I had a great plan before I came. And then I just feel like maybe I shouldn't be doing this or whatever. But I am going to do this next talk. Um, I want to talk to you about worship in the presence. I want to talk about presence-centered church and worship. And then I, I think we're going to finish talking about authority. Because I feel like God wants to give you an authority upgrade as a people. Uh, but I want to talk about worship, and there's a really important reason for talking about that, which will become obvious, I think, as we go through. And the presence of God is what must distinguish us from all the other people on the earth. Otherwise, we're just another club. You know, so if his presence, that dynamic, his tangible presence is here amongst us, that distinguishes us from every other people group. And Moses cried out when God uh, offered his presence and said, Lord, show me your glory. The tangible, the glory of God is the tangible experiential presence. And that must be the cry of our hearts too. I don't just want tickles of the presence. I want the heaviness, the weightiness, the manifestness of his presence. And this isn't just for ourselves, but it's for future generations too. We need to encounter him, especially as we meet together. Um, and, you know, there's a spiritual hunger in people that longs to encounter something tangible of God. And if they don't, they will entertain themselves. They'll make idols or they'll run after other spiritual experiences that lead them into deception and away from God. So how do we encounter God? Where should we expect to encounter him? I don't know what your view of church has been up until now. But the New Testament tells us, as I've been saying a few times today, repetition's important when you're trying to lay something. And this is it, that the church is the dwelling place of God. It's where he lives. God is with us and in us. His spirit is upon us. That people, that body of people on earth called the church, we should expect to encounter him. Did you know that the church is meant to be a taste of heaven on earth? It's meant to be a taste of heaven on earth. It's the dwelling place of God. And so when people encounter the church, they should encounter God and all that's in heaven. Because heaven is where God is and we are seated with him in heavenly places. So it doesn't surprise me when I hear of people encountering angels in our meetings because they're in heaven and, the heaven, and heaven comes to earth. When people feel joy because in his presence... It's fullness of joy. Uh, and the Bible says there is a fullness of joy, not just a smattering of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. When was the last time you had a good laugh in God's presence? You know, church is meant to be fun. It's meant to be a place of joy. It's meant to be a place of encounter and life and expectation. What's your view of church been so far? It's meant to be a place where people are healed as we worship, and I'm surprised more aren't. Uh, it's meant to be a place where we're overwhelmed with peace or feel loved and accepted. We should expect these things, even for the unbeliever. When the unbeliever comes amongst us, the existence of God should be answered because they should literally bump into him. Is that your view of church? Is that what you want? The church is his dwelling place, and so his presence should be tangibly 
experience. So how do we cultivate that awareness? How do we recognize it? That's what I want to talk about because, oh, you'll come to understand why. It, it's important that we understand different ways that we can encounter his presence. I'm going to give you some biblical examples and then quite practically talk you through experiencing his presence in a kind of a workshoppy style uh, towards the end. And I'll do this quite quickly. And uh, this is intentionally practical today, and we may stop along the way, pray, prophesy, team might come around and pray for you, or just be open to his presence. I want to lead you into a time of encounter. Is that okay? Yeah, I don't want you to get bored this afternoon uh, or fall asleep. So first of all, I want to look at some biblical examples to show you that there are some different manifestations of his presence at different times. So Moses again, we keep talking about him, don't we? But... He cried out on Mount Horeb to see God's glory. And what he got, what was the manifestation of the presence of God when it appeared? A voice that proclaimed the Lord's name. That was the manifestation of glory. And, and the voice cried, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. There was no thunder, there were no mountains melting, no fire, no clouds or lightning. And I wonder if that's what he expected. When he said, Lord, let me see your glory. I wonder if that's what he expected, a voice saying some great stuff. Or then six centuries later, it was Elijah who encountered God in the same place, Mount Horeb. And uh, it was then that the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for he's about to pass by. And then he got a great and powerful wind that tore the mountains apart. Come on, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But he wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Yes, the earthquake. But the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake came fire. But the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. We need to recognize his presence when it comes. When Elijah heard it, he recognized it. He said, that's my God. He pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of God. And then Ezekiel. I mean, who can't love Ezekiel? He says, I saw the glory of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters and the land was radiant with his glory. Which indicates that there was something to see and there was something to hear. And there was a lasting impression, the radiance that was left in the land. Something to see and hear. There's a whole range of expressions, which I don't think is unlike Acts 2, really. You know, it says like, there was a sound like the blowing of wind. They saw tongues of fire. They were filled, they felt the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak, a manifestation, a demonstration, as the Spirit enabled them, hearing, seeing, feeling. So God manifests himself in different ways at different times. But there are also different manifestations to different people, and this is important. I want you to know about this. There was one time after Jesus had finished praying, the crowd around him had a manifestation of the voice of God. Here is in John 12. A voice came from heaven and says, I've glorified it and I will glorify it again. That's your name, Jesus. I'll glorify it. And the crowd was there and heard it. And some said it thundered and others said an angel had spoken to him. Two different responses. Some heard thunder. Others saw or discerned an angel speaking to him. Different people can experience different things, even within the same meeting. So Paul's conversion, for example, in Acts 9, Paul's experience, verse 4, a light from heaven flashed around him and fell to the ground. Now, who's going to miss that? 
and he heard a voice speaking to him. This was very, very, very tangible. But it says that the man around him heard the sound but didn't see anyone with him. Paul, you must be making it up. <laughs> no, it's just that they had a different manifestation, a different experience of the same moment that Paul did. And it's very common for different people to experience the presence of God differently and to respond in different ways. Okay? And you need to know that, and that's okay. You know, some people, they get very loud. Some people, they get very quiet. Some people get very active. <laughs> and other people get very still when the presence of God is amongst us. Recently, we had a worship day, and uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, anybody know Angela Kem? Uh, she's a really good friend of our church. And uh, as we were worshiping, uh, a, a literal cloud appeared across the room, and it went from one end of the room to the other. It was drifting across the room, and it was shiny, and it was beautiful, and it was moving across the room like that. I saw it. Angela saw it, and I thought, I wonder if anybody else can see it. So I went to a few of our prophetic people, and I said, what are you seeing at the moment? And they said, I can see angels all around the room. Another person said, I can see a, a brightness in the room. And other people said, I can see rain falling. Different people had different manifestations of the same experience. So what do I do about that? I go to Angela and I say, what should I do about that? And Angela said, well, Bring them under the cloud. Call people forward. So that's what I did. I did what I was told. And uh, amazingly, I, we brought them up onto the stage, which was where the cloud was. It was the whole of the room, but it was particularly on the stage. And do you know what happened? When some people stood on the stage, they immediately fell down. Some people, they knelt down. Some people cried. Some people laughed. And some people were just overwhelmed. And I wanted to say this because if we're talking about the manifest presence of God and experiencing God, experiencing the Holy Spirit, we need to understand that we have different manifestations at different times and different manifestations to different people. And we mustn't let the differences in how each of us experience God or respond to him negate our own experiences or the experiences of others. There are so many different ways of encountering God, I think, I can't prove it to you theologically, but I am convinced that there are many, as many different encounters and experiences with God as there are types of people and different personalities. Uh, it's just difference, and that's okay. So I want to, is there anybody who's a bit different here? No, you probably shouldn't know. <laughs> but some of us are a bit different, you know. Some are on the extreme end of one or the other. That's okay. And God will meet you just where you are at, the personality and the type of character that you are. God knows how you are wired and is very capable of communicating with you according to your personality. For instance, I've often found with praying with people, um, I just wonder, should I demonstrate? Sometimes when we pray with you know, sometimes when you pray with people and... So I'm full of the Holy Spirit and so are you. So what happens when you put your hand on somebody? Well, it depends on the kind of personality they are sometimes. So I know Dom quite well. I know where I'd put my hand if I was going to pray for him. I'd put it here. And when I put my hand on his heart, immediately... Can you see the Holy Spirit comes on him? There you go. Okay? 
Do you want some more, Don? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if, if it was a different kind of person, if you're more practical, more of a servant kind of person, touch them on their hands. And there's the anointing on their hands. Anybody who's more practical, you'd say, oh, I'm quite a practical person. Anybody? Come on then, let's just try you out, see if it works. <laughs> you're a practical person, so what you do is you just hold his hand and say, Holy Spirit, will you just come on him? Yeah, come, there you go. Yeah, he's taking a big breath. Yeah, and I'm not doing this to make him feel awkward, because he's a little bit shy, but that's all right. Holy Spirit, just come and wreck him right now. Yeah. <laughs> More, Lord. And there are other people, they're the thinkers. Any thinkers here? Yeah, so I'd put my hand on your head to pray for you. It's just a silly thing, but it's just, please do sit down. But I just want to, it's just an illustration of different people respond in different ways, and that's okay. And sometimes it's because we're not praying for people sensitively enough. And we're not saying, what's the Father doing? And go with that. If you touch Hannah just about anywhere, she falls over. Uh, so she's all of the above, I think. So there you go. Have a go later. It's quite fun. Um, so uh, getting practical then. We are being practical today. But there's these different ways that we can encounter God and we can help one another to encounter more of God as we meet together by just creating a bit of space for people to be themselves and to be sensitive in how we pray for one another. So how do we recognize and experience more of the presence of God? We're going to review some stuff we've already looked at. Firstly, be full of the Holy Spirit all the time. <laughs> we all need our own personal experience of the indwelling presence of God every day and every moment of every day. Ask him continually to fill you. Before you say something, you know, you've got to say something right now to that person. What am I going to say? Holy Spirit, fill me. Before you deal with a difficult situation, Holy Spirit, will you fill me? Before you drive the car, some of you particularly, Holy Spirit, fill me. <laughs> Be filled continually. Uh, and I'm convinced that one of the reasons we don't see more of God's presence in our lives is simply because of a lack of asking for it continually. When we come together, as I was saying earlier, before worship even starts, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come ready, come prepared. And you know, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit already, you don't need long hours of soaking to be filled with the Holy Spirit or 45 minutes of worship. It's instant. You saw when I touched Dom there, instant, the Holy Spirit filled him just as I touched him. Instant, Holy Spirit, fill me. Okay? Okay. 